Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. Freedom is under fire. If some people don't like you, they will straight up cancel you. Some protesters are now seemingly canceling freedom because why? Freedom is under attack. What's up, America? What's up, New York? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and it's Saturday, May 20th. It's 5 p.m. somewhere, and that somewhere is right here. Each and every Saturday, we bring you a special live and local edition of This is America. And we have a discussion on the national issues from where? The world-famous WABC Studios, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. So I want you to join the conversation. I want to hear your questions, your opinions. I want you to give us a call. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. And be sure to follow us on social media at Rich Valdez with an S. So yesterday was Juneteenth. Not only was it the 28th anniversary of Curtis Sliwa, my colleague here at WABC, getting shot by mobsters. And FYI, Curtis Sliwa will be my guest on the next podcast edition of This is America this Tuesday. And he's going to recount the story of his shooting. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and download the WABC Radio app so you never miss an episode. But June 19th, Juneteenth, is the celebration of freed slaves. Hearing about President Lincoln's proclamation emancipating all slaves in the United States. Some decided to protest this. While others were celebrating, some protested. And some of them did it right here in New York at the Brooklyn Public Library. Listen to what they had to say. Juneteenth, and I've seen a lot of people with the hashtag and the t-shirts that say free-ish, right? We have never truly been free in America, but that's what this movement is about today. We've never been free in America. I had to play that twice when I first heard it because I said, wow, America is freedom. Now, I understand how somebody who, you know, may have lineage to slaves can say, well, maybe for you, but not for me. Granted, I respect that. 
However, what other country in the world has a constitution that's made it illegal to have slaves? Okay, there's a few now, but who did it first? We did. And that's the point that I'm making. What country in the world is more free than the United States? So when she says, let's hear that again, can we? I want to hear this uh, from the Brooklyn Public Library. Check this out. Juneteenth, and I've seen a lot of people with the hashtag and the, t- and the t-shirts that say free-ish, right? We have never truly been free in America, but that's what this movement is about today. <laughs> to that I say, say what? Perate, hold on a second. Let me get this straight. Was Barack Obama free-ish? Was Jesse Jackson, who ran for president when I was in fifth grade, free-ish? What about Al El Sangano Sharpton? Is he free-ish? Jay-Z, free-ish? Beyonce, free-ish? Find me a country with more freedom. The point is you can't. Yet, the pseudo-progressive movement swears up and down that the United States is the worst, and they're willing to cancel everything they can to prove it. Now, in less than three hours, President Trump is going to take the stage at his very first rally since the whole COVID-19 disaster happened. And Al, El Sangano Sharpton, was in Tulsa, Oklahoma yesterday doing the same exact thing. I was looking at an article before, and he's there, he's on stage celebrating Juneteenth with thousands of his organization's supporters, the National Agitation Network, and they weren't social distancing, uh, distancing, excuse me. Some of them did have masks on and others didn't, but they were pretty much shoulder to shoulder and there was at least a thousand, maybe a two thousand of them. This was a huge crowd. That's Al El Sangano Sharpton. He's allowed to rally with his peeps, but Trump, El, El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, uh, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, he's not allowed to. Why? Now, I'm sure that the media is already chomping at the bit. They're ready to go. They've got their reports and their tweets ready to hit send as soon as the rally's over. I could see the headlines already. Like, uh, president and supporters put Oklahoma at risk with premature rally. Or surges and spikes are expected after Trump-Oklahoma rally. I mean, I think the headlines are going to be endless. There's not going to be a single case of coronavirus in the United States that didn't come from this rally. It doesn't matter where in, where in the country you are, they're going to blame it on Trump because that's how they always do. And that's how the fake news media works. And Sharpton and the rioters, they get a pass. And Trump and the rally goers, they get trashed by the bullies in the mob, the bullies in the media. Now, speaking of the mob, These bullies are trained professionals, trained Marxists, self-admitted Marxists at that, and they will cancel you if you tick them off. Like the Sage of South Central says, this isn't cancel culture, it's revenge culture. And I would go a step further and call it political extortion. This reminds me of different uh, back and forth, you know, uh, I can call them debates. I would call them exchanges or conversations that I have with people on social media. Now, my rule of thumb is never feed the trolls. Why? Well, because they always come back for more. That's why you shouldn't feed them. But occasionally, I don't take my own advice, and I like to see if they can engage in some civil dialogue. Okay, no problem. But it usually ends up as a reminder to me that you just can't fix people. 
you, you can't change them. Some people are exactly the way they are. In Spanish, we say sangrigoldo. That's Puerto Rican slang for petulant or illogical. Whenever I get into these exchanges with these types of people, you know, those that claim to seek progress, but their responses are usually filled, filled to the brim with ad hominem attacks, attacking my character, attacking me because I like Trump, or attacking me for this or for that. Never on the substance. Occasionally, they'll base them on, on very um, ancient facts, but typically it's emotional issues or facts that have been ignored for like 100 years. So why now? Why aren't people, you know, going full swing with so much of their leftist movements right now? Well, I think the time is right. And it's true that misery loves company. So these communist sympathizers, they, they're going to try and get you fired. And they're going to use whatever fascist tactics they can to cancel you. You know, the, uh, the, the name that's going around, Karen, right? Karen will call your boss and try to assassinate your reputation because that's how the left rolls. That's just how they do. Do it as I say or I will come at you and they will come straight for your neck. Now, if you're an egalitarian Bernie bro, now's the perfect time to whine about inequity and throw a tantrum. Maybe burn something down while you're at it. Whenever you don't get your way. I genuinely feel really, really bad for these unemployed progressives with closed minds. Their futures are so bleak. They're weak. I know they're counting on taxpayers to be their daddy and take care of them. Just like eating and they just get fatter and fatter and fatter feeding at the government trough. And it's sad. These miserably depressed left-wing trolls are in for another rude awakening this November. But, hey, I tried. So, these Black Lives Matters activists are taking their lead from the three women that founded the organization. And this is the part that's interesting. And if you listen to the Mark Levin Show, we had some audio last night that was, I thought, terrific. And it was of the Black Lives Matter founder explaining how they're trained and how they're really professionals at what they do. This is Patrice Colors. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I want you to hear this audio because to me, it was really, really eye-opening. Check this out. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folks. All right. So that was in a nutshell what she had to say. And I just want to reiterate, again, the Black Lives Matters Founders have confessed to being Marxists, students of the godfather of communism. So we're going to have more on that up next. But first, get comfortable because you're not going to believe the blast from the past that I'm going to play for you when we get back. So keep it live, keep it local, and keep it locked right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself 
and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folks. Okay, so they're trained Marxists, and I'm Rich Valdez. Welcome back. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Our telephone number is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And the radicalization of different movements, whether it's peaceful movements like people sticking up for, for civil rights, whether they're black people's civil rights or anybody else's civil rights, are peaceful movements. But when they get hijacked by radical Marxists, people that sympathize with communists, this is when all hell breaks loose. This is when you see the bottles flying, the Molotov cocktails, fires burning, the attack on the police. And I wanted to get into it right now, but there's a there's four different clips that I want to p- play for you, and we're probably not going to have enough time before the break. So we're going to hit the phones. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I think you're going to be really surprised when you hear this audio and hear what the, the Marxists, the communist sympathizers, what they have in mind and how they do what they do. I think it's going to blow you away. I mentioned a lot of this on This Is America podcast, episode 132, where I read from Marxist.org and they described the national minority as something that the communist movement in America, the communist party wanted to recruit more of. And they called them the national minority, but they actually were referring to African-Americans. And the plan that they laid out, if you heard the episode, bear with me, but if you haven't, what they laid out was how they're going to recruit black Americans. And it was so condescending. It said things like develop a paternal relationship with them. And this is from an article written in 1981. So the Marxists definitely know exactly what they're doing. And you could see how this played out with with Lenin and with Stalin. But they went after African-Americans in terms of recruitment and said that whatever their political opinion was didn't matter. They would make it seem as if it was the grandest, best ideas they'd ever heard. And they would praise them and even give them uh, titular responsibilities and make them the head of this committee or that group so that they would be able to fit in and feel like they had power. And I thought that was so sinister. But again, our phone number, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Let's hit the phones. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. What's on your mind, brother? Yeah, it's so important what you're doing. Uh, Let me give a little bit very short here. While Stalin was murdering 10 million people in Ukraine, right, 30, 1932 to 33. At the same time Stalin was doing that, in New York he had the American Communist Party recruiting blacks for leadership and, uh, and strategy training to work for civil rights. So at one end of the world he's killing 10 million people, here he's working for civil rights. You work for civil rights in order to gain trust and respect, and then you lead the blacks to the future where you're only going to have true, equal, and human rights under communism. So this is, they've been working for a hundred years. One more thing. Stalin sold equipment to Mussolini. Mussolini used that to build fortifications in Ethiopia. So Stalin helped Mussolini take over, invade, and take over a country in Africa. At the same time that was going on, uh, Stalin had the Communist Party in America working among blacks 
and using the invasion of Ethiopia as a reason to unite blacks against fascism. The communists work on all sides. They've been specifically targeting blacks like no other group. If the blacks ever learned this stuff, they would be the most patriotic, most anti-communist people in the world. The drugs that were sent into their communities for decades, the radicalization, their leadership, their Marxist leadership, keep telling them you can't make it, uh, the white people hate you. It's, it's brilliant but diabolical. The communists are brilliant but diabolical. And what you're exposing now is extremely important. Over 100 years, I go 100 years because that's the Soviet involvement. It's brilliant, and we're in real trouble with this. Uh, this is a big situation. Every group is targeted. Yep. Uh, Jimmy, you're 100% right. The music means that we've got to do the dip. We are coming back on the other side. I think you're really going to enjoy what we've got for the... Uh... Keep it locked right there. As early as 1928... The communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. All right. So that's a gentleman named Griffin. Now, Mr. Griffin gave this lecture back in the days, and the name of it, it was in 1969 to be exact. That's over 50 years ago. And it's called More Deadly Than War, The Communist Revolution in America. Now, this stuff was written off later on in life as McCarthyism and as the Red Scare but as we can see today, the stuff that they're talking about is spot on. I mean, he talks about how they, the, the Soviets wanted a race war because they felt that that was the most delicate, excuse me, delicate part of our social fabric. Again, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez and our telephone number 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. We're going to be getting into... Uh, Governor Cuomo's farewell press conference uh, before the end of the show and uh, a little bit more on President Trump's rally in Oklahoma. But I want to get through these uh, four clips of audio because I think they're so telling that they're 50 years old. And you would think this guy was talking about today. So um, listen to the next one. Cut 10. Check this out. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled... Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. Manning Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. During the confusion, demoralization and panic would set in. Then finally the Reds say, Workers stop work. Many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals. Street fights become frequent. Under the leadership of the Communist Party, the workers organize revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seize the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. 
Okay, so check that out. Is that not happening right now in Seattle? Right? They, they started out with Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. They went in there with guns. They took this place for themselves. This is literally what he just said. I wrote it down. He said, there's demoralization. Street fights become common. The workers stop working, a la COVID-19. And then they invade the current government system. Right? So they're, now they've taken over the, the city of Seattle's police department there, at least a police station, that one precinct, and they called it CHAZ, and then they changed it to the um, Occupied Protest, so it's now CHOP, the CHOP Autonomous Zone. But you would think that this guy was reporting on the news of today, that he was giving this lecture on what's happening today, and this was 50 years ago on what they were striving to do, what they aspired to do. This is what communists wanted to do to America. Then you have, we mentioned before, Alicia Garza and Patrice uh, Cullors, and I, I forget the other woman's name who's the founder of Black Lives Matter, but admitting that, yes, they are Marxists. These are communist sympathizers. So, again, this guy is on the money with his um, video uh, lecture. Check this out. Let's go to the uh, number eight. Check this out. Now, here is a piece of vicious communist propaganda. It's called The Crusader. It's written by Robert F. Williams. In this issue of the Crusader, the communists call not only for extensive chaos within the cities, the plan is for raging fires from one city to the next. The communists point out that as long as our police and National Guard remain concentrated, they're invincible. But if they can be forced to spread out over the entire city and into the countryside as well, then they can be picked off from ambush one by one. Okay, now that was a mouthful, but he literally is explaining now the attack on the police. And thank God nobody's um, taking aim at the cops that way, uh, picking them off with sniper fire. But with NYPD guys getting stabbed in the neck and getting shot and another officer uh, shot in the head and is in a vegetative state, not too far off. And I'm sure at the time they thought this guy was radical. Griffin is off his rocker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Meanwhile, today, this is all coming to pass. Why? Because that old saying, the adage about those who aren't students of history are doomed to repeat it. That's happening right now. We're seeing that actualize. And it's sad. I think it's sad. It's, it's a damn shame that we don't know the difference between good and bad anymore. We've blurred the line where we think communism, Marxism, socialism, Maoism, Leninism, Stalinism any one of those isms is good. It's not good. We can see that it's not good. But yet, workers of the world unite. You hear AOC chanting all of these crazy things. She's, she's sipped this Kool-Aid. She's so far gone with this. And I don't think she sees it as radical as it is. I hope I'm wrong. And by the way, I want to give a quick shout out to you, the audience. Last week, when we got together for This Is America live right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, we talked about holding AOC's feet to the fire, how she did not want to go to her debate. And that was reported in the New York Post. And she said, well, you know, because of COVID-19, I can't go. I got to make some drinks at home. I've got some Instagram live I got to do. She came up with every excuse in the world not to go to the debate to face off against uh, Badger and Khan and Michelle Caruso Cabrera. And 
she had to show up. So I want to thank you, the listeners, for putting that pressure on her, for tweeting at her, for getting at her on Facebook and IG, and everybody ridiculing her as she was handing out pamphlets at the uh, train stop trying to get reelected and telling her, listen, boo, you should really, really show up at the debate because people are going to look at you sideways and be like, hmm, this girl's no good. Why? Why? How, how do you become a congresswoman for attacking Crowley for not showing up at a debate and then not show up at a debate? Hanging out in your posh D.C. apartment. And she's like, well, no, no, that's not true because I was raising $850,000. And that's when the smackdown came from Michelle Caruso Cabrera, Democrat candidate who's running for uh, the 14th district. And she said, $850,000 you've raised for your community. Are you forgetting that you squandered millions when you killed the Amazon deal? Boom. Mic drop. I think she uh, I think she won that one. That's at least just my opinion. But again, going back to this stuff, this is some very serious stuff. And there's one last cut that I want to play before we go. And it's about the uh, the culmination of why these guys use firebombs. What's the deal with all the fire? What's the tactic? What's the theory? Check this out. And the third value of massive fire to the communists is psychological. The average American, they say, soft and decadent. When he sees billows of black smoke rising from one horizon to the other, when at night the only light he has to see by is the flickering red from flames leaping into the sky, he'll become paralyzed with fear and panic. He'll run away and hide and do nothing to interfere with the guerrilla bands as they strike at the community's power centers. The crusader explains how to set up sniper units in crowded metropolitan areas, how to manufacture jumbo Molotov cocktails, the gallon jug size, and how to mix the gasoline with certain ingredients to make it burn like napalm, and blow up large buildings. Okay, so extra large size. They're talking about the Jerry Nadler version of a napalm bomb, right? The, uh, the Nadler version of a uh, Molotov cocktail. The, the bottom line here is these guys know exactly what they're doing. They're not new to the rodeo here. This isn't their first time throwing bombs. They know exactly what's going down. They've been doing this. You had this guy Griffin warning us 50 years ago. That means they've been planning this for 100 years. We need to wake up. We need to wake up and, and know what's going on. It's, I don't think it's okay anymore for people to walk around and be like, well, I'm not really into politics. I'm not really, I didn't know anything about that. Well, you know what? Shame on you because we're losing our country. People are losing their co- their companies. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their families. People are losing their lives. And least of all, we're losing our history. Statues are being destroyed left and right. I think that's really uh, symbolic. You know, they talk about book burning back in Eastern Europe. And this is the equivalent of book burning. And I hate to be overly provocative on the radio because there's so many guys that do that already. I try to be a little bit more down to earth and, and try to keep it, uh, keep it real, if you will. But I do believe every statue that they tear down is the modern day equivalent of book burning. I really do believe that there's something wrong with the picture when Joseph Stalin has a statue in Seattle that's untouched. Yet George Washington and Francis Scott Key have been destroyed. 
I don't know what's good with that. But up next, we're going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about Cuomo. We're going to get into a few things and your calls. Uh, I see Fred Waite and I see other people. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Keep it locked right there. Keep it local. You're listening to This Is America on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. Call screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. All right, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, and a big thank you to the great one for that shout-out. The noise in the background is the celebration in progress at the Oklahoma rally in Tulsa. Trump's rally is uh, getting ready to be underway in a couple of hours, and we've got the live feed going, so we're checking in. And speaking of Trump, uh, his press secretary came under fire yesterday from... Mainly Jim Acosta, but, you know, the media, they take turns. They always want to do it. And Kaylee McEnany, she steps up and she throws some bolos every now and then with the best of them to smack these guys back down to size. Because they, like I said earlier, Sharpton was in Tulsa yesterday celebrating Juneteenth. Thousands of people. Nobody says a word about all those people. Arm in arm. Kumbaya. Not a problem. Now, you put the red hats on, all of a sudden... All bets are off. It's El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States. And this is a problem. So I want you to listen to Kaylee McEnany uh, smacking him down over the rally. Check this out. One thing I would note, and I think it's just very important, especially as we go into the weekend um, and we begin to look at some of the news coverage out there, is that I would encourage all of you um, to cover the protest in the same way uh, that you covered the rally goers. It's really quite something when you look at this extraordinary video by Media Research Center and Newsbusters, where you have multiple hosts on MSNBC, CNN, and CBS boasting about the, quote, massive crowd. I mean massive. Tens of thousands of people, thousands and thousands, up to 200,000 people. Uh, they exuberantly exclaim, but then they have grave concerns about the size of the Trump rallies. Um, you have MSC, NBC contributors saying social justice over social distancing, but when the president looks to celebrate the accomplishments for minority and communities in this country, um, our rallies are derided as breeding grounds for coronavirus, while Lawrence O'Donnell se- celebrates arm-in-arm protests. So I really think that we should have internal consistency here in the way we cover large crowds. Uh, we should be guided by science, not cherry-picking science, as I see t- all too often on the airwaves, especially from CNN. <laughs> That's a smackdown if I've ever heard one. And speaking of loud, large crowds and the way people handle things, somebody that has become such a fan of the camera, of the microphone, of, I mean, every politician is, but Essential Andy Cuomo from the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast, a daily podcast at 1130 a.m. where he discusses what's going on with the coronavirus, just did his series finale. The Essential Andy Cuomo podcast is no more. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what any of us are going to do without Essential Andy telling us what to do and who's essential and how he's going to yell at Bernadette and all those things that he did. But he has bid farewell. And on top of that, he is blaming Trump. Now, you guys know that essential Andy Cuomo, he, um, he deemed that the senior citizens living in nursing homes were not essential and wrote this policy, him and his health commissioner, this executive order saying that patients that were convalescing had to have access to nursing homes, essentially putting the coronavirus inside of nursing homes. Yes, and we've talked about this. What, what I find fascinating is 
that he thinks he's the Teflon Don and that he can just deflect away. But he can't. But he does. So I want you to listen to him saying that this is a, a shiny object uh, and it's all politics. Check out Cut 5 with Andrew Cuomo. Listen to this. And even though we had the worst situation uh, and we were dealing with the most. No, it's all politics. It's all, and that's what makes it terrible, because you're talking about death uh, and people who are suffering with the death of a loved one. And then you want to politicize this at this time? Uh, please. And it's not even, there's no, <laughs> on the facts, because I've spoken to all sorts of people about it, all across the country. On the facts, it's just uh, so wrong what they're saying on so many levels, and they're just capitalizing on people's grief in a lot of ways. Capitalizing on people's grief. Um, it's just wrong. It's wrong on so many levels. Uh, please, this guy is a joke. I mean, he, he sounds like he's lying. <laughs> and, and I don't even think he believes himself. I know I don't believe him. I can't think anybody would believe this guy. But he continues. He really lays it on thick saying that, no, 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 this isn't his fault. This is the fault of the Trump administration. Listen to this. The nursing home thing, it's just all politics. And it's, frankly, the New York Post. And it's uh, Goodwin, uh, who pro-Trump. This is their way of defending Trump. It's the McManuses of the world. It's Rupert Murdoch and pro-Trump propaganda. They don't want to talk about what the federal government did on the covid so they want to attack the Democrats for nursing home deaths. It's the same M.O., just distract, you know, create a, 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 a shiny object to take attention off the, what they don't want you to focus on. They don't want to talk about the federal government's response or lack of response. Now, what I find interesting here is that uh, our colleagues, Curtis Lieber and Juliet Huddy, uh, mentioned earlier this week that they looked for the same thing that I was looking for on the state's website and they couldn't find it. And I'm going to play you the, the audio of Juliet so that you can hear what, what, what they were discussing. But I find it just insane that he even removes himself from this equation saying that, that the Republicans are just blaming the Democrats. No, I don't think anybody's blaming Democrats um, en masse. They're blaming you, essential Andy Cuomo. You are being blamed for this. It was your leadership and your mistake. So listen to Juliet Huddy earlier this week. Check this out. But remember, and Rich Valdez was the per first person to tell us this, you can't go and look on the New York Health Department website for that uh, March 25th directive. It's gone. It's been wiped away. And it directs you to another page that has questions in it. But it's nothing. There's nothing. There's no uh, footprint. There's no footprint. There's no fingerprints. He's trying to wipe everything clean and he's not going to get away with it. We're going to keep our foot on the gas and we're going to get to this one last call. But before we do, I want to just mention that WABC is proud to partner with the Tunnel to Tower Foundation for the July 4th special programming. And you're going to like this because you're going to have music from the Rascals, Tommy James, Peter Noon. Gary Lewis, Bobby Rydell, and so many more. So make sure you tune in on July 4th. This is a celebration that you do not want to miss. You want to be here for this. And let's go to the phones for the wrap-up with Fred in Metuchen. Fred, you're on with Rich Valdez. Rich, I want you to know that you are fantastic. 
We need people like you, Rich. Thank Young you. Young people like you. Young people like you. You don't have to apologize, Rich, for anything. You are not off your rocker. <laughs> you, know, you know exactly what you're saying, Rich. We live in the greatest country in the history of the world. Sure, we have, like everything else, that's good. We can always improve. However, Rich, we need young people like you. Please, whatever you do, don't stop, Rich. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate it. And and it reminds me that, you know, our time is up. We've got Chad Lopez banging on the door over here telling me, get off the mic. And I'm saying, give me another hour. But still, we do have to go. I appreciate each and every one of you. You can find more about me at richvaldez.com. And tune in tomorrow for the special programming with John Katsimatidis and Rudy Giuliani and so many more. I'm Rich Valdez. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.